0: Welcome back to the Munich show, featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast. where One of the hosts thinks a smash concept is how Mom prepares his canned food in the morning. That's Lenny. I'm Munich and I am joined today by—I wouldn't say a frequent guest, but it's been a minute. Stephen Reeves. Like, when was the last time you were on the pod?
1: I don't—I don't remember. Was it last last summer? It might have been no, last summer. I got to say no. though that that Lenny pun was a good one. You I welcomed mean, me back with a good one.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard to come up with new stuff every morning, but. It is, like, it is how I prepare his food. I He gets half a can of wet dog food. Uh, it's like blue buffalo. Shout out if you want to sponsor me. And then I smash it with a spoon to make it hard. Because if I just do half the can and drop it in, he'll try to hoover it in one bite. You don't have dogs. You don't understand. Yeah. He'll just like wolf it up. With, and so I have to like smash it to make it harder for him to eat.
1: I have to, I have to smash my food for my cat. So it's a, a cross <laughs> species thing
0: um i guess so yeah because your your cat is okay i don't this is too much dog and cat food talk to start um welcome back to the show for those who don't know because he hasn't been on in a while which is weird seaman ruiz is an nfl writer for the ringer does an excellent job there you can also catch him on the ringer nfl show i feel like you've been grinding a lot of tape this summer because you've been weirdly quiet on the social media
1: yeah, I have. I have. I've been working on something. I got a little project in the in the works, and I it's it's demanded my attention. And I had my attention. I haven't been able to slander anybody online as frequently I as I have in the past. Yeah, I'll are be back gonna, in September. Catch me in gonna, September. I'll be back. Are
0: you going to use this as an opportunity to slander? Well, I, okay. So I should tell you what the concept is. Um, by the way, division previews start next week. Woo! Um, can't wait. But we are doing. I, I'm actually really excited about this. So. I wanted us to go through every team and pick one player, non-quarterback division, who we feel could determine whether or not the team's season is successful. And that means – I don't know how you took it, Steve. I didn't really like – give you my takes but in my mind like success can like for a playoff team obviously that's you know going far in the playoffs and being successful that way but also for bad teams it's like okay we need this guy to be good or you know to right. show some progress I, did you take it the same way as me
1: that's exactly how i took it like okay. the the bar for success for the chiefs in my opinion is different from the bar for success for the panthers like if jc horn goes off this year it's it would, they're going to win six games instead of five So yeah that's how i approached it
0: well, no spoilers, please. We are going to do the Pandas. We're going to go through every team. And God help us. I actually have a hard out because I've been doing some long, long podcasts lately. And the every team approach can be difficult in that regard because you suddenly yes. look up at the clock and it's like, you know, four hours or whatever. Um, but I, I, I promise I'll get you out of here before we take too long. But we are going to go through right, every God. team. I'm excited. We, we were also just to kind of like let people behind the curtain a little bit. Um we were also talking about like you You texted me or DM me. You were like, oh, I have a lot of receivers and I and I felt the same way. I have a lot of receivers as well. And I think that's obviously in part because receivers are very important, but also so many teams success hinges on either the development of the quarterback or the success of the quarterback. And I think that's sort of led a lot. I, I'm guessing led you and I both to the number one receiver on a lot of these teams.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just a workaround for the, the no quarterback rule. So I kind of cheated in that regard. But I, w- looking back on my list, it's a bunch of premium position players. It's wide receivers, yeah. it's edge rushers, it's offensive linemen. It's those guys that either protect the quarterback or make the quarterback's job harder.
0: Yeah, it is a lot of that. I'd, do I have any linebacker? I don't think I have any linebackers or running backs. So you're right. It is really like a positional value definitely weighs heavily into this, which it should because we're talking about – What makes a team successful? And of course, naturally that would lead to these premium positions. So let's start with the premium division in the NFL, or not lately, but in terms of eyeballs. The NFC East. And I'll I'll let you go first. Who did you pick for the New York football giants?
1: Okay, this is this kind of speaks to what you were saying. You were talking about they just need a guy to be good. I went with Kayvon. I think they need a draft win. They need like a a premium draft pick win. I think Obviously it's going to help their defense. If they have like a stud edge rusher, it would help any defense. But I mean, just the direction this franchise is headed in. This is like a pick for the fans. It's not even like a, they need this to have a successful 2022 season. I think they need this to keep mm. giants fans sane. Yeah. To a certain extent. Uh, they need to nail this pick.
0: Well, also just from like a football perspective, I was thinking about this. Um, as I was looking at the Giants depth chart. Uh, recently. So you got Wink Martindale, who's their new defensive coordinator, who we all know is like the blitz god. The secondary is rough, right? So you need that pass rush to get home. And they've got, you know, Leonard Williams up front, Dexter Lawrence, who have been pretty solid at times, and Aziz Ojolari last year. You need, like, I, I agree with you in the sense that, like, Thibodeau, for me, for this team to be successful, has to have, I don't know, over eight sacks, Maybe that's too high of a threshold but like to feel really good about where this defense is going
1: yeah and i think bringing up wink it's like the inverse of what you want in a wink defense you like you can kind of scheme up the pass rush or the defensive line and that's where a lot of the talent is and then you have to you know you have to have studs on the back end and the ravens didn't have that last year and we saw saw. what happened to that defense and that's what (sighs) makes the james bradbury thing so vexing i mean i i know it wasn't this front office's fault that they had to get rid of him. it was like Gettleman kind of didn't like carve out the money to keep him if they had to uh, keep him around, and now he's on a different team. He's in the division, but yeah, if they don't have a like a top what fifteen pass rush, I I don't see how this secondary works. And I, I'm high on Brian Dayball. I don't I don't know how you feel about him. I think there are enough pieces with the offense where it could be respectable, and if the defense is even better than that, then like maybe this team has a chance to make some noise.
0: Well, speaking of those pieces, I did the extra receiver thing, and I went to call it <laughs> – speaking of the money, by the way, um, and I guess that's because, like, for me, I thought, okay, success is seeing what you have in Daniel Jones, right? And yes. although the fact that they didn't pick up the option just simply does not bode well for his future in New York, but the fact that they bring in Brian Dable – who I think is going to do a much better job of making Jones' life easier simply by getting guys open, which was an issue for the Giants last year. Yeah. That's huge. But the problem is, like, Kenny Galladay stunk. I, it was, God, I mean, God, it was kind of befuddling because he's never going to be, like, a huge separation guy, right? But, like, holy smokes. I just was looking at his um, his open – the, the the percentage of uh, snaps on which he was open, I think it's snaps. I pulled off NGS, but it, it goes from like if you just look at the chart from the last five years, it goes from twenty four to twenty one to twenty to eighteen to last year fourteen point five percent. Now, even though even though it was low last year, probably in twenty twenty, when he was very good for Detroit, his catch rate over expectation was really high because he's such a you know a physical. Uh, his play strength is so great and his, he's really good at those contested catches, but he just wasn't good at any of it last year. And then the other thing I checked, Steven, was like whether Daniel Jones was more off-target throwing to him. And he wasn't. Like he obviously Galladay got more targets downfield than the other receivers, but like he wasn't missing him like widely. It wasn't like a I don't think it was a Daniel Jones issue. I think it was a Kenny Galladay issue.
1: Yeah, and I think it's easy to look back now after what Stafford did in LA and say oh, maybe Stafford was just an ideal quarterback for him. And Daniel Jones is not, yeah. not, uh, uh, not very similar to uh, Matthew Stafford. A little different, a little But different. I'm still holding out hope that they was just a Jason Garrett thing.
0: Okay. And I,
1: I, I'm applying that hope to Daniel Jones too, because I, I just thought Jason Garrett had the worst possible type of offense for this collection of players, like starting with Daniel Jones, who I think is a quarterback who is better the quicker he gets the ball out of his hand? Yeah. And like the, the longer he holds on to it, the more likely you are to see a Daniel Jones meme mm, get created. Yeah. yeah. And then Galladay, I like you said, he's not a guy that's ever gonna separate on his own. So I think you do need some some schematic help there if you're going to get to a point where he's not just a 50-50 contested catch guy. And that, that's not what you're paying for. That's not what they paid for uh, two off seasons. Well, ago. they
0: need touchdowns out of him, which they did not yeah. get. Like he is the guy on this team that is going to get them touch. should get them touchdowns, except for, you know, they have to anyway, there's too much Giants talk. If it's not obvious, I'm doing the NFC in the East next week. Um, So let, let's keep going. Cowboys, who you got?
1: I'm going uh, to Marcus Lawrence. That's a good one. I'm going to Marcus Lawrence because I'm looking at this defensive depth chart and I mean, it's quietly rough. Like this is, this is, it's going to be hard to, to get a good defense out of, out of this collection of players. If Trayvon Diggs isn't intercepting yeah. every pass that's thrown his way this year. Like if he's yeah. getting burnt, like he was as often as he was last year. And he was my other pick. I, 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 I almost went with him, but I didn't want to get into the whole, you know, the, the thing that Deontay got in trouble for on, on, on Twitter <laughs> where you're talking about the plays that he gives up rather than the plays he makes. Yeah, but I really think Lawrence needs a big year. This because this pass rush lost some talent. You look at the depth, there's no depth here. Like Dante Fowler is the depth player. I don't know if that's going to work out.
0: <laughs> I learned he was on this so team Collins by doing this. By he needs 12 sacks. I did 12 not sacks. know I did not know Dante Fowler was on this team until uh, like a week ago. I somehow totally I don't know if Dante that.
1: Fowler knows he's on this team. <laughs>
0: Um, the Marcus Lawrence is still so good. He's injured. He, yes. You know, he gets hurt, but he's still like fantastic. I went with Micah Parsons. I, I feel like this defense is going to live and die on the pass rush. That was kind of my take. And you went with Lawrence. I went with Parsons, um, in part because like I'm very curious to just see how Par- Parsons is deployed with the loss of yes. Randy Gregory. So last year. Uh, you know, 390 snaps on the defensive line, 540 as a linebacker, uh, 19 at Leo. By the way, I don't, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Even though we knew he was good at blitzing, I've talked about that a lot. But I, he presents like an interesting problem, or an, not a problem, but an interesting uh challenge for Dan Quinn, who who obviously used him to great effect last year because you never knew where he was and where it was coming from. It's like, okay, well, do you need him more as an as a pass rusher this year because he's so freaking good at it? Steven, he was second in the NFL in pass rush wins when double teamed behind Aaron Donald. Like, I know that a lot yeah, of that is the position, obviously, that factors into that. But like, holy crap, <laughs> he was so good. I just I, And
1: I'm so interested to see, like, how he evolves. Like, what's the next yeah. step? Because I do think there's going to be a next step. He's just too talented for there not to be. And I wonder if we see him like kind of inch towards that edge rusher role more yeah. often this year, just because like you said, it, it's a necessity now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really fascinated to see where where the, where the Quinn takes it because it's really up to him. I Are you confident that Quinn is the person to get the most out of him? I, before last year, I would have said no, but now I'm like.
0: He did mean, a good did job, last job last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Like a certain point, you got to, you know, respect what Dan Quinn, I feel like. You know, at a certain point last season, we all kind of had to acknowledge that, like Dan Quinn, had a ha, is had a capacity for evolution that I think maybe people didn't assign to him before last season, right? And so I think, yeah. I, I do think, like I don't know, I, I do think he'll find a good way to use him, but obviously there's issues with that secondary. So, like I said, pass rush. Speaking of secondaries, I'm going to go first in the Commanders. I, I chose William Jackson the third. Who did you choose?
1: I chose Curtis Samuel. I went.
0: Oh, okay. So I'll go defense well, first. Jackson and- was
1: one of my top picks, though. Wow.
0: Okay, so you go Curtis. I think Curtis is a really interesting pick. I want to talk about him, but um, so the Washington defense obviously totally befuddling last year. Um, A lot of issues up front, uh, health obviously, but even before Chase Young got hurt, weirdly lackluster pass rush in front of a just absolutely horrendous secondary. Um, you know when when they signed William Jackson. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, not everyone. But I thought like, OK, oh, they're going to play more man. Right. Like so in 2020, the Bengals most common coverage was cover one man. They played it 42.5 percent of the time. William Jackson the third was excellent in it. Um, so he goes to Washington, which is under Jack Del Rio, a zone defense. And he just flounders like it's I, I, I mean, it's just befuddling. But then you see as the year goes on, he starts to figure it out. And I think if he can be that, like, number one corner that they need him to be, uh, coupled with some of the other things that they figured out in the back end and then getting a healthy pass rush, I think this defense can at least be average. Yeah,
1: yeah I think that's what, like, these zone coach- coaches are realizing is that even though yeah. we're not a team that's going to live in man coverage... it at a certain point during the game, you're going to have to uh, win in man coverage. Are you, even if you're playing zone and you're, you know, you're playing a team that's running trips and you have that guy on the back end, you need that guy that stops the X receiver on the backside of trips, yes. even if you are a zone-heavy defense. And I agree. I think you need William Jackson to be that guy because there's no one else on the depth chart that I really trust to be that guy right now. Mm. But I went with Curtis Samuel, and it's not just that he needs to be good. It's just like, can you stay healthy? Yeah. I just want to see you stay healthy because I think if you stay healthy you will be good and <sighs> I really think this offense comes together this receiving core at least if he is healthy. Without him out there then I think it's more disjointed. I, I I don't know how you feel about Dotson but I think in order for him to to be at his best as a rookie I think Curtis Samuel has to be out there and playing and and be productive.
0: I agree and I think um like the the ideal combination of players is McLaurin Dotson and Samuel because of their complementary skill sets that for the Washington offense to succeed, you need explosives, right? Like that's the best case for bringing Carson Wentz is at least he's going to push the ball down the field, which Heineke doesn't, you know? And I think you absolutely, I I would, I would also throw Diami Brown in there who was really struggled last year. Um, But yeah, you, you need, you're going to live with some variance with Carson Wentz. You're going to live with some turnovers potentially. I know he didn't have that many last year at the beginning, but you need those explosives to make it worth it. So I, I think that's a good pick. Um I went with another wide receiver for the Eagles. So I went with DeVonte Smith here. What do you think?
1: Ooh. I I went with the linebacker, but uh okay. Whoa. I like the DeVonte Smith.
0: Oh, okay. I, I want to hear. You. Okay. I went with DeVonte Smith cuz he's going to be freaking open. <laughs> like yes. that's it's really as simple as that. I love when AJ Brown said that they're, they're both wide receiver ones. I really I thought that was like a really cool comment, but also like very accurate, right? Like um, they both are very good at getting open in very, very different ways. Uh, right. Devonte Smith is going to be like, I, I think, you know, his releases are obviously insane. His ability to, I mean, he's just incredible route runner. He's, I would say probably, well, they got Quez Watkins, but I think he's going to threaten, you know, deep as well. And, he's like Jalen hurts is going to have opportunities. The question is just whether he connects.
1: And I think that if, if Smith has a good year, it means that it means that hurts will, will have taken another step in his development, because I think the way that hurts is used best as a receiver is more in that like traditional pass game, like getting open quickly, getting open over the middle, getting open all over the field really. And to get the most out of him, I think you need a quarterback who, who can hit every area of the field. And we've seen, Hertz kind of struggled to hit the middle of the field yeah so if if Smith does have a big year I'm assuming that means that Hertz is throwing to the middle of the field this year and I think we need to see that because this offense was really weird last year it wasn't like the rest of the offenses in the NFL like in terms of how they passed when they went under center when they passed from the gun how often they use quick game they just didn't get to run like a real NFL offense just because of how they had to play with Hurts, bringing Hertz along, but in year three I think he'll be ready to take on a bigger load and maybe that means a bigger year for Smith. And if it happens, I, I think the Eagles have a chance to win this division.
0: Oh, absolutely. Obviously, that all comes down to Hurts. I'm. We'll try. Talk, I'm talking about the division next week. Okay, you got you got Nakobe Dean. Sounds like
1: I got N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Explain. They just need something at linebacker. They need something at linebacker, and I think they need. I think they need because uh, the rest of the defense. You look at the rest of the do- defense, the defensive line. They added Jordan Davis to an already stout line. I know there's some questions at edge rusher, but the secondary is obviously great now. They have Slay. They added Bradbury. If they get anything from their linebackers, this has anything. the potential to be a top ten defense, and maybe even mm-hmm. higher if the coaching is good. Uh, I, I really think that's the big weakness on that that side of the ball, and. If they get anything out of it, they're going to have, because I think the pass rush is going to be good. I think they're going to be good on early downs just because of those two guys in the middle in, in Cox and Jordan Davis. They have the cover corners. They can play band coverage. This is a man coverage league. They have everything you need, but they need a linebacker that you can't pick on. And that's been the problem for what? The last couple of years, three years, they've More had these that. linebackers More that you could that. just toy with. Yeah, even more than that, you could just toy with these linebackers. And if they can get a guy that's just solid, that takes at least one thing away from offensive coordinators.
0: Yeah, I think that's certainly the case. That's the big question mark on the defense. And the defense has the potential to be elite. So, you know, we talk about success and this team going into the playoffs. I do think they're a playoff caliber team. I I do think it does start with the defense, Um, even though I think the offense could be good too. Okay, let's stay in the East and go to the AFC who do you have for the New England Patriots?
1: I went with uh, Devonte Parker. I think that's the obvious pick. I think it's the yeah. easiest pick, and I think it is for a reason. I think they need they Somewhere. need to give Mac Jones a, a T Higgins. Like everyone's going to say, give him a Jamar Chase, but I think he needs a T Higgins. I think that's the type of quarterback he is. I think that's when he's at his best is like when he can make those isolated throws to the perimeter with some touch on him. He he never had a guy that could win those balls. And I think Devonte Parker, in theory, can be that guy and can also be a guy where if you play cover one and you leave him on an island outside and he can win like that changes the geometry for the defense. Last year, I thought down the stretch, the Patriots offense, it's problem was spacing like teams were just constricting space against them yep. and they had no recourse like Mac Jones, as good as he was as a rookie, he's not a guy that's going to scramble. So, you don't you don't have to worry about playing like cover two man or any coverages where you worry about the the quarterback leaving the pocket. That makes it easier for defenses to defend space. I think not having a field stretcher on the outside makes it easier. Now you're not afraid to play cover one or get up in the receiver's face on the line of scrimmage. So I think they just need a guy that will force defenses to back off. And I think Devontae Parker has the best chance of being that guy. If he's the Parker we saw, what was it, two years ago now?
0: Yeah, it's been up and down, obviously. Uh, his best performances have come against the Patriots. I picked him too. I was thinking about Jalen Mills or potentially Judon because the defense, whoo, it got some issues. I mean, I, I, it's, it's an interesting group. I'll say that, you know, just especially the secondary, obviously, but um, I I think success for them, it, it really centers on Mac Jones, even as much as like, you know, this team, you know, could be a playoff team, but you really need Mac Jones. That's what I, if I'm a Patriots fan, success for me is feeling even better about Mac Jones than I did year 1 and I, and I think Parker you make an interesting point because there was such clamoring for like a deep threat right like a speedster but I agree with you like Mac Jones is really good at placing the ball to get yards after the catch he doesn't really have receivers who I think or has not had receivers who really are capable of that especially like over the middle of the field necessarily at a high level so I think Devontae Parker's Contested catch ability um, and his ability to, you know, potentially get those yards after the catch is going to make a difference for this offense if he's healthy. Um, okay. Jets.
1: Uh, I'm going with Carl Lawson. Oh, interesting. I, I- Yeah, I just think for this defense to work, it's another one of those zone heavy defenses. I think in order for it to work, you need a pass rush. And it's something the Jets just haven't had for even longer than the Eagles haven't had linebackers. The Jets haven't had edge rushers going back to like 2000. And they obviously spent a lot of money on him last year. So for that reason alone, I think the front office kind of needs him to kind of have a breakout year. But you look at this, this secondary and there's like potential there, but it's very young. Like you want sauce Gardner to become a number one cornerback. But if you're banking on that in during his rookie season, I think you're going to be disappointed. So I, the pass rush along with loss and you, you also, they drafted Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. I think if you get a lot out of those two guys, how we think about this defense going forward is a lot different. And with Robert Salat, like you need that pass rush. This, this, the i guess it's the seahawks style of defense although obviously i think a lot of these coaches have deviated from it yeah you need a four-man rush in order for yeah. it to work if if you don't have that it doesn't work
0: i uh, you know and then in the interior they've got quinn and williams and john franklin myers i'm just looking at the chart right now um also sheldon rankins and solomon Tom- thomas there's some nice right. depth there you know but um at edge yes it's you know, you got, like you said, like Lawson is the guy you paid, you brought in to be the guy. And I liked him a lot in Cincinnati, by the way. I feel like he was always kind of one of those underrated um, addressers right. in the league. So, I, you know, hopefully if he comes back from injury, I think that makes a lot of sense. I I feel like, though, you got to go offense with this team because you're not going to feel good unless Zach Wilson looks better. And I went with Beckton. Um, the great mystery. Did you see he wore a t shirt that said Big Bust? to to
1: yeah i saw the t-shirt i wonder where did he get the t-shirt from because that was custom made
0: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like who else is wearing Um, that shirt
1: it only applies to one person
0: so i i I, it's so weird right because he was good in 2020 and then he gets hurt in 2021 and like right all of a sudden you just hear the team's totally given up on him and it's it feels like one of those stories where there's a lot more behind the scenes than we know um And obviously the weight is something that's kind of discussed publicly, but like, look, they took Gardner and um, Johnson and uh, a Wilson. I'm sorry. At 10, this team wanted a left tackle. I mean, there was so much smoke around them looking at left tackles and it wasn't smoke. Like they, they, you know, from everything I've heard, they were looking at left tackles. So I just think, you know, Zach Wilson under pressure, you know, has been, was obviously a massive issue last season there's been some improvements um, all across the offense, but if Becton, who I I think they're going to play left, they're going to have George Fant play right. Uh, so then you yeah. can have left, uh, Becton next to Lakin Tomlinson to kind of give him that kind of veteran presence. But they need him to be good, I think, for Zach Wilson to be good.
1: Yeah, I think they need their tackles to be good too, not just because of the, the scheme they run. They want to run outside zone, obviously, but I – and maybe I'm like galaxy braining here, but I I was watching Wilson recently, and it seemed like they were having their tackles set shorter, so they don't have like mm. an enclosed pocket. Instead, it's more like those pockets he had at BYU, where it's like flat. Yeah, yeah. you have all the space to move because I think he does need that space in the pocket, and the tackles obviously play a big role in that, setting the edge of the pocket. So I agree with you. I think tackles a big spot. Mackay Beckton would have been my second pick behind uh, whoever uh, Carl Lawson. Yeah.
0: All right, Dolphins.
1: Ooh, I—I I mean, it all comes back to two, all right. Right. But yeah. I'm going to go with defense anyway. I'm trying to stay creative. I'm wow. going to say Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips,
0: mm. Phillips the quietest, like 15 sacks or what, what, what?
1: eight and a half, eight and a half. If oh, it was 15. Why? It wouldn't have been quiet. But yeah. why did
0: I think 15? Who did I? <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Yeah, quiet, quiet though, quiet, right? Like, who talked? Did you hear people talking about Jalen Phillips much last no. year?
1: no, not at all. I forgot he existed. Like he made a play in a December game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. You were a first-round pick." Yeah. But he had eight point five sacks, and he was he was fourth in pass rush win rate on true dropbacks, according Mm -hmm. to PFF. So he had a good year. It wasn't just the sacks; like he was getting to the quarterback. But we have Josh Boyer sticking around. He's kind of like a. Yeah. I think he's going to run the same defense that Brian Flores ran. They had they weren't getting sacks on third down. That was their big problem. They weren't getting sacks. They weren't turning pressure dropbacks into positive plays for the defense. They gave up 0.06 EPA on pressure dropbacks on third down. That's not good. Like when you get pressure, it's usually a bad play for the offense. They were giving up positive plays on plays where they got pressure. They need a guy that can convert that pressure into sacks. And I think Jalen Phillips has the best chance of being that guy. And, and here's my thing. This is why I didn't pick an offensive player, even though I think everything rests on Tua. I really have faith in Mike McDaniel crafting an offense that takes a lot off of Tua's play. Like even if Tua doesn't take a step, I think there's enough pieces there with Tyreek now in the fold. Jalen Waddle is very good. They obviously yeah. bring in Armst- uh, Armstead on the uh, at left tackle. I, McDaniel, if he's even like 75% of what Kyle Shanahan is, then I think the offense is going to be fine. And if the defense is even better than that, then I think this team is, could be pretty good
0: so this is interesting because like uh you're kind of like so this is a was a super schemed up defense very i don't know i feel like somewhat pff does those like kind of unique charts right i don't know how they do them exactly i feel like eric eager where it's like you know what's the unique dolphins are way out in bars um and so you went with like a talent you're like they need talent right like not just like they need a guy to yes win on his own. And so I think, but, but then on the offense, you're saying you're kind of betting on scheme, which I think is interesting. I think you're right. I still went with Tyreek Hill (laughs) because, um, as much as I believe in uh, McDaniels or I, you know, I'd like to see McDaniel's scheme be open up so much for everyone and kind of overcome, or I guess, you know, make life easier for Tua and make him look good. I also think Tyreek Hill, like the human needs to make him human, the player needs to make him look good. Um, I think so much of Tua's success is going to be predicated on whether Tyreek Hill can turn that, you know, six yard slant off an RPO into 14 yards. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't, Sorry, I'm not slandering the dog. I, I just, or like, you know, an end around, like I, they're going to use him so much horizontally. And I think his ability to get those additional yards is going to be like massive for whether this Dolphins offense is successful.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh and here's my thing about like another Tua thing. Like I I'm not the biggest Tua fan, but I'm also not like talking trash about him during this off season cuz I do expect him to do well.
0: To do well, yeah.
1: And and my hope the hope is based on the fact that Jimmy G, who I don't think is the most aggressive quarterback when it comes to throwing downfield, had never really had a problem creating explosives. And I'm giving the credit to that uh, for that to the coaching staff and I'm hoping McDaniel can carry that over but I do agree with you I think Tyreek Hill he needs to have an all pro type season yeah like he needs to to earn that money obviously but to justify the trade and to kind of just like create a confidence around where this team is headed because I think we're still in limbo here we like the moves we like that they're trying to put talent around Tua but we're not going to feel good about this unless the offense is top 10
0: Yes. At least in my opinion. uh, I went with Gregory Rousseau for the Bills. Kind of like the Jalen Phillips for the Dolphins pick. But did, did you go defense or offense? I went offense. Ooh, really? I'm just yeah, so unworried. Line. Did you go to offensive line? Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um. Okay. I guess... All right. So I'm... <laughs> Bills are my Super Bowl pick. I had them number one in both offense and defense on the past two podcasts. Um. So... For me, like, it, this is really, like, we're kind of, like, tinkering around the margins here. Like, what's a successful season? I just, you know, getting those 13 seconds out of my mind, um, I think Von Miller was really, really good last year. But I think if you really, if the, in this past rush has obviously been elite, despite uh, ranking 15th in blitz rate was second in pressure rate behind Miami, you know, all the metrics, they look fantastic. I think Gregory Rousseau, who I really liked last year, I thought he flashed a lot. I think he's going to be better. I think the presence of Von Miller gives him the opportunity to become like a to step up into you know that true number one role.
1: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And the Bills always do perform well in those metrics, but like when you watch them play, you're never yeah you're like they have they have great pass rush talent. This is
0: why Jerry Hughes was like underrated for like 5 years, right? Like I was right, like, exactly. like did he really get that 8 sacks? All right, I guess so. Um okay, so you went what? Deion Dawkins or
1: No, I went uh Saffold, Roger Saffold. Oh. The free agent is... signing left you going to play left guard. Yeah, I went I, I went real hipster. This was like my first pick, so I I wanted to go real hipster with it. Like they're the <laughs> first on my document. Uh here's my here's my my thinking i think that we're going to see the bills kind of veer towards a more under center type of offense i think we're going to see more early down runs and i i think that's where saffold comes in i'm not so much worried about the pass protection just because josh allen is an alien and seems to be immune to pass rush yeah. but i do think they need to run the ball more often and and do it more effectively because if you're going to do something more often you want to do it well and saffold it's kind of been up and down as a blocker. He hasn't really been a good pass blocker since his days with the Rams. His, His run blocking has kind of been off and he's been more of a zone blocker than a man blocker. So I think, I think it comes down to him whether they can run the ball effectively. Like if he's what he was in LA two years ago or what he was at times in Tennessee last year, and they can really run the ball and they're forcing teams to kind of cover up, those formations where they're under center, they got condensed formations, you have to bring a safety into the box and then you open up the deep passing game because that was the problem at times last year was not enough explosives. I think he really changes the math for this this offense and they might be even better than they were last year or the year before.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, Nate Tyson I talked about the Bills offense. And we, if I really wanted to go hipster, I would have said Reggie Gilliam, because I feel like him and I have this weird yes. inside joke where we're counting Reggie Gilliam's snaps at the as the season went out. That's the Bills fullback, you guys. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk about him. Um but yeah, this is it's all about diversification of the offense. That's like such a massive theme going into this season, right? Like these like explosive spread offenses. Okay, well, what can they do? And you know, whatever. What how did they devolve last year? um right. and so i think it's a good pick all right let's go to the nfc south let's go with the saints first i want to hear your pick for the saints because i had trouble with this one.
1: one oh i had trouble too i it, can i pick two is that cheating yeah are both on the same side right after
0: we're going long yeah pick two let's do two for every team. <laughs> okay no just telling you two
1: Tre- okay trevor penning and michael thomas michael thomas is obvious yeah. if he's a star then the, i think i've I feel like that passing game is going to be fine with Jameis at the helm. But Trevor Penning's the big one. I is the Saints offensive line good? Especially if Penning is bad in all the ways that we might expect yeah. him to be bad. Because if it's not good, then Jameis Winston behind a bad offensive line. I don't care who's I don't care about the receivers. I don't care how good they are. And maybe Pete Carmichael is is just like Sean Payton as a play caller it won't matter if Jameis Winston is under right. pressure because Jameis Winston is going to do dumb things under pressure. He always has. He always will.
0: Yeah. I think we have this like weird blind spot where blind spot being like a appropriate term to talk about the offensive line. We're like, everyone kind of forgot that Teron Armstead left this team. And it's right. probably one of the most massive moves of the entire off season. Wait, I didn't mention Teron Armstead for the Dolphins. because I just assume he's going to be good if he's healthy, but um. And of course, that's not to his blind side given that he's left handed. But um, yeah, I completely agree. I went with Michael Thomas, but it should have been I should have chosen Trevor Penning because, you know, if we're, if we're like counting on Jameis to throw the ball deep and, you know, take advantage, like be aggressive in a way that this offense wasn't take advantage of all these skill players and their ability to go deep. It ain't happening if Penning sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also think like Michael Thomas's presence is just extremely important. For, like, you know, we it's obviously, they're very excited about Chris Olave. They showed that by, you know, putting like 3000 draft picks into taking him. But like, I, I keep this is like my 20th straw man of this episode. But have people forgotten how good Michael Thomas is? I just like I, I or was. And I, and, and I think so,
1: but I don't blame yeah. them. How how can you blame them? He hasn't, he hasn't played, played football
0: in so long. Yeah. So I think that's the th- that's the thing like does he look if he looks anything like he did pre-injury then even with penning I think this offense will be good because he's so good on the short stuff obviously and you yeah. know they're going to ask James to get the ball out quickly but that's a big unknown. Okay, moving quicker. Panthers. I thought this was an easy one.
1: I I just left mine blank. I don't I don't care. I'm not okay. answering this one. I refuse to talk about this team anymore. That will make Here's- the podcast go quicker too. Okay.
0: Well, the success for this team is I feel like feeling and maybe Panthers fans don't agree. And I'm sure Matt Rule and um, uh, Scott Fitterer, the GM, don't agree. But you just want to. Feel, I feel like if you feel like you got your answer, a left tackle, you feel good. You're not confident about yes. this season, but it's icky Kwanu. And I actually wanted to challenge you to um, try to name all of the Panthers left tackles since Jordan Gross retired. <laughs> I have him. Oh, funny. OK.
1: Okay. Uh just anyone that's played a snap at left tackle?
0: Uh yes.
1: Okay. Uh as many as Michael you can.
0: I, it's really hard. Yeah, of course, blind side guy, yeah.
1: Michael or uh See now like I feel like I'm on the spot. Did Brady C- Chris- Christensen get uh some snaps there last um, year? Um I don't
0: Brady Christensen. Maybe. I know he, he, got, played. he played a little bit. Stay in the recent. Taylor times. Mo-
1: did Taylor Moten play left tackle? I know they've kind of like messed around with him. Uh, the other left <laughs> there's
0: tackles. some really obvious ones.
1: I know there's some obvious ones. There's uh, God, Khalil, the, Khalil, the Vikings Khalil, the bad one, one, one uh, of the one of
0: the worst signings ever.
1: I know. Now I'm like forgetting all of the the, the obvious ones, the, the Dave Gettleman era ones. Uh, I'll give you a
0: hint: Bitcoin.
1: Oh man, Okung, the worst trade, yes. one of the worst trades in recent history. Uh, yeah. I, that's all I can uh, name. Jordan Gross is such you, a...
0: I'll give you another hint. This is a recent one. Um, trading up. Oh, uh, Greg Little? Yeah, Greg Little. All right, we don't have to do this. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a problem. So I just think if Iquano comes in and he looks solid, and by the way, this I think this offensive line actually has the potential to look kind of weirdly Okay. Um, I think as a pandas fan, you gotta be happy with that. Um, no,
1: that is the pick. That's the obvious pick. Cause all the other picks, it's like either young players that you already know are kind of good, like DJ Moore, Brian Burns, or just players that aren't going to have a future with this on this roster in like five years. So I think that's the right pick. It's the only,
0: and if you're, if you're looking ahead to the future, like, okay, we're going to have a we're going to get a quarterback next year. Well, if you have a Quanu, you know, that makes things a lot better. Um, Falcons, do we both choose Drake London?
1: No, I didn't choose him. I chose Brian Edwards because I think Drake London's going to be good. So it's it's like you know he's going to be good.
0: Um, God, Brian Edwards really?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think you need that third guy because I think Drake London is going to be fine, but he's a rookie. I think, and then Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. He's just a, an alien. But I think Brian Edwards needs to be that second guy, or this offense is just gonna it's gonna fail. I, I always felt like Arthur Smith's Offense in Tennessee worked well because mm. they had AJ Brown and Corey right. Davis and right. a good tight end. And I think if you get all those pieces, working, but Edwards isn't winnison. really like
0: Cor- Corey Davis. Like the Corey Davis' pieces. No, he's not. You need, like a, yeah, no, they don't not, really have like a true Z who can. He's like a good route runner, I just I went with London just because, like, kind of similar to the Aquana thing, but also, like, I think I guess I'm not as a thousand percent confident he's that dude. I liked him a lot, but I think what you really want to see is, like, frankly, um, that he has sufficient game speed, right? And then I think, um, like, okay, if he's going to be the AJ Brown in this offense, you want to see even if the ball doesn't get to him necessarily, is he beating guys off of press? Is he getting open on those, you know, wide open on those play action uh, passes? And right. I think then you feel good because you're not going like to, it's the Falcons. Like really, no one has expectations for them. Um, but if you feel like, oh man, we got our Jamar or something close to it. I think you feel pretty good about the season. So, all right. Let's, don't you let's feel on.
1: like, don't let's you feel say. like London will, you'll know immediately with London, whether he's going to be yes. good or not.
0: Yes. Yeah. Totally feel that way. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, I. I. feel very good about my pick for the Bucks. Stanzi Stan just texted me forty minutes. Um, Joe Trynshyinka. I feel that's really my pick. Same. Yes, pick, First time this, we have very few. No, we had um Parker, but um. Oh yeah. I talked about this a little bit yesterday with Indalo Kinsu. No big deal. Um, as he was on our show, because you know the the Bucks. Jason Light has drafted for depth. Right. The last few years because they're so stacked. And this series takes Logan right. Hall. Previous year he takes Trynshyinka. Tranchinka doesn't play like as much as I think Bucks fans wanted him to because he looked like he had a lot more juice as a pass rusher than JPP. I get that. However, he had the highest missed tackle rate on the team, 27%. And when I was talking to Sue, he was saying, you know, because offenses are so afraid to run into the teeth of this defense, it's really important that guys like Tranchinka, he didn't he was just saying the edge guys can set the edge. And so I think if you, for this defense to be really successful and maintain what they've been, they need him to not only, you know, uh, take another step forward. as a pass rusher, but also be a more complete player.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And another thing is like playing in that, that defense, they play a lot of base cover or base personnel and they play a lot of coverages that ask those, those edge guys to drop into coverage. Like it wasn't, it wasn't odd to see JPP dropping into like a curl zone, like 15 yards down the field. So Yeah, I I bet his head was spinning coming into this particular defense in his rookie year. But you look at their pass rush depth and it's the defensive line depth is kind of suspect. They're beyond the front line. They obviously added Hakeem Hicks, which is just like Hakeem Hicks to Vita Vea. Those two guys in the middle of the defense is just ridiculous. And I I think you're going to get that same effect where teams are going to have to run to the outside on them.
0: Okay. AFC South. Let's go Texans first. <laughs> Derek Stingley Jr. Right. Like I mean, they y- you need him to be like what Jalen Ramsey was for the Jaguars, where yeah. You know, I mean, it's funny. I was, I was looking back on the Jaguars before and after they drafted Jalen Ramsey, and I think like that 2017 defense has been like a little bit lost to the sands of times, right. um, because of Bortle. But like they went from like you know near in. in the bottom of the NFL and most metrics to by the time of 2017, they were first in QBR, first in EPA opponent, QBR first in EPA first in every metric. And they had a bunch of great players up front. Yannick and Dante Fowler jr. And Willie Jackson, they had those good safeties, but Jalen Ramsey completely changed the identity of that team. And I think Derek Stanley needs to do the same thing for the Texans.
1: Yeah, that's my pick. I think with all these, these teams that, probably aren't going to be good. It's just go with the first round pick cuz you need that first round pick to hit and that's my yeah. that's my my strategy here. And I think it just gives that it gives Lovey Smith a plan B. And I've heard him say that they're going to play more man coverage this year. I'll believe it when I see it, but I think when they did play man coverage last year, they weren't that bad at it. And then you throw Stingley into it, who I thought was the best corner. Based on even his last year's film when he was kind of banged up, everyone points to the the 2019 film, but I thought last year's film was pretty good are and if he's that player like this defense could be good yeah and I think he has to be that player I'm just like I looked at the the offensive depth chart and I'm just like I don't know what to make out of this I'm just gonna stay away and go on defense
0: I'm going yeah and it's you know just taking a corner that high if I'm if I'm a Texans fan I feel like we have I say Jalen Ramsey yeah I actually feel like though that's like I know that's like a very aggressive comp in terms of impact I'm not talking about he's a different kind of player but that's what you want out of him. Well, speaking of the Jaguars, yeah. do we both do Christian Kirk or did you go yes. there first? No, okay. I went
1: Kirk. I'm Christian okay. Kirk.
0: Um, the Christian <laughs> Kirk slander is unfortunate because he's a good player. It's gone too far in my It's opinion. gone too far. Okay, good. I'm so glad. Okay, we're seeing eye to eye of this. Um, it's it's the the contract really, I feel like you know, agents always want like the big contract to come out because they're proud of it. But if I'm Christian Kirk, I'm like, dude. Like, I actually wish this didn't happen. And I wish people (laughs) saw the real contract first because I've been slandered despite being like a very good wide receiver. Very good. Not like great, but he's good.
1: He's good. And and I think people don't realize that he was playing out of position for his first couple of years in the league. And like last year was the first year he got to play in the slot and it was good. And it continued to be good even after Hopkins got hurt. Like he was the one receiver on that team whose production didn't fall off when Hopkins went out. And I think that has to be encouraging. Like AJ Green's production fell all the way off when Hopkins went out and Kirk was still producing at the same rate. So I think I obviously has to have a big year because if he doesn't and all those people that were criticizing the contract point to the contract again and be like, you paid this much for a, a mid receiver. Like I think you get that front office turmoil story boiling up again it just it just disrupts the flow of this franchise, which I think after Urban is headed in a better direction, I don't know if it's the right direction, but if the Kirk yeah. thing like just implodes, it's going to be a bad look.
0: It's also like, I think we're, this is kind of another, there are so many slot receivers, there, not so many, but we've seen now a lot of teams where the slot receiver is the number one, that inside-outside versatility is very useful, but I'm not saying Christian Kirk's going to be you know, I'm Devontae Adams, certainly not, obviously, right. uh, but, you know, like he can do for Trevor what like Keenan Allen did for does does for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Is that too dramatic?
1: No, I don't think so. And I think he gives you something a bit more. I think he is capable of creating explosives downfield in a way that Keenan Allen really isn't. Like, I think he's better on vertical routes, at least. Yeah, so I, I I like what he brings to Trevor. I think Trevor will get the most out of him. So I, I don't think it's going to be a quarterback issue if, if Kirk has a bad year this year or a disappointing year. I think Lawrence is going to get the most out of him. And they make sense together, just how they play.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Um, I struggled with the Titans. I went with Caleb Farley. Where'd you go?
1: Oh, I went, I went running back. I went Derrick Henry. Really? You don't think it's Derrick Henry?
0: It's probably Derrick Henry. I don't know. I was just – yeah, it's probably Derrick Henry. I mean, God, I I don't know. I just kind of wanted to stay away from this offense.
1: Yeah. This this Traylon Burke stuff is
0: depressing me right now.
1: Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad.
0: Um, I think you could also mount a case for Roger Woods, another one of those like kind of overlooked offseason moves that could be really impactful, I think, that he, you know, obviously he fits really naturally, I think, into this offense. Yeah. Could fit naturally into this offense. But Henry's Henry's a good answer because also because you know they're gonna they're gonna lean on him. So like his efficient you know, whether he bounces back is going to probably pay, play a massive role in determining where this offense goes this year. This is probably yeah, the right
1: pick. The big the big question is can this offense be the same after losing Brown? And if Henry right. is Henry, like the Henry we've we've come to know over the last couple of years, then I think it is going to be the same. And then I'm less worried about this team. But right now, I, my my panic meter is like probably probably like a three out of five with them. If Henry's so, bad, it, it goes down to one or it goes up to five, I guess.
0: I think part of the reason I'm with Farley is that I think this defense actually has very high a high ceiling. Um, they didn't make my top ten. Uh, a couple weeks ago because the secondary is so freaking young and unproven Uh, outside of obviously Kevin Byard and, you know, the safety position is set, but like the cornerback room is just right. right? Like I know Christian Fulton showed some stuff. I actually like the Roger McCreary pick big Elijah Molden fan, but like to me, it's like, okay, it, it, Caleb Farley, who of course, you know, was very injured in college, also dealt with injuries his first year in the NFL. If he can Be the guy that they wanted when they drafted him a guy who like we've been talking about like can play you know a lot of press man and I think can be sort of the leader of this group then suddenly I actually think this is a really good defense
1: yeah I mean his his comp for some people was Jalen Ramsey like in terms of athleticism so if he can develop into that it's the same thing we said about Stingley I, I do think that's a good pick
0: Michael Pittman for the Colts
1: what do we think I went with uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Really? Yeah. Oh no, it, like my my other pick was going to be the receiver. I, this was at the point in the list where I was like, I'm picking too many receivers. I'm going to like yeah. purposefully not pick a receiver. Like it's ob- like Campbell, Pittman, Pierce. I think any of those guys are good picks for this. But I'm going to go with Ngakwe because I think. <laughs> I think this. De- I think it's another defense, another zone-heavy defense. Although yeah. they played a little bit more man last year, I think you need a pass rush. I think that's what these teams, these defenses around the league, are, are realizing: is that if you don't have that four-man rush, you're you're just not going to have success because you have to do all these other things, right. and you don't want it- to do all these other risky things. And we saw that with the Ravens. But I think if Ngakwe is what he was for the Raiders, especially down the stretch, then this Colts defense looks a little different than it will if they don't have a second edge rusher. I think pay has shown some stuff. He's a second year like player. Him. I think he's going to be a good player if they can get him going and they can get in going. And then obviously DeForest Buckner on the inside. That's, that's a good pass rush. That might be a top 10 yeah. pass rush on third down.
0: Yeah. So just uh, reminding folks, the defense coordinator of the Colts is now Gus Bradley who blitzed the yes. least by a large margin in the NFL last year with the Raiders. So you're absolutely right about that four man rush. Um, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Pittman, I was just thinking, you know, with Matt Ryan, like looking at the rest of the skilled players, they really need him to be, you know, I like Alec Pierce, but they need Michael Pittman to be that dude for Matt Ryan. And I think he can be. Um, okay, we are on pace to finish uh, in approximately mid-July. So let's take a quick break and come back hot with the NFC North. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover Years Broncos fans, Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. (laughs) But uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do, I don't know, get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, You don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at com slash M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space For no additional charge, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash/MinaShow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash MinaShow. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. All
0: right, we're back. The Bears. This is one of the hardest ones. I cheated. I went with the entire offensive line.
1: No, yeah, that's that's what it is. I was gonna do. I was gonna cheat the same way. I I, I ended up going with Byron Pringle, but it's the offensive line. That's the
0: answer. Byron Pringle is actually a decent one too. But yeah, I, and I was just looking at the offensive line. I was trying to pick someone. I was like Tevin Jenkins, Lucas Patrick. Right. They bring in to got the center play last year, Larry Boren. But the truth is, it's the whole group. I mean, success for the Bears is feeling like justin fields isn't dying and to me that just starts up front but byron pringle also yeah. Makes sense. yeah
1: yeah i just w- went with him because i feel like if he has good year the passing game is decent and that means the offensive line was decent my problem with picking offensive linemen is that even if tevin jenkins is good if the rest of the line stinks then it doesn't matter so i had a problem picking with I, yeah. you know picking one player that's why i cheated. but it's yeah. But yeah, it, it all comes down to whether Justin Fields takes a step. And if he's the same player he was last year, then I think that like throws the whole thing into question. Like, do we have to start over at quarterback? Or do we not give him a chance? I think this is like a make it or break it year already. And I don't think that's <sighs> fair on him. It's brutal. But that's the reality of the NFL.
0: Okay. Who do you have for the Packers? I, I had a lot of trouble with this one.
1: I did too. And I ended up, I actually picked two running backs. I ended up going with AJ Dillon.
0: He's I think such, he's gonna spend I, I, a lot t- of
1: time on the field.
0: I think and if so he has too. A big season, yeah. It's gonna no, no, no. I, I'm in complete up? agreement. I'm in complete agreement. Um, I did not go with AJ Dillon, I actually went with Lazard. I just okay, you know, everyone's like pointing to Christian Watson. I, I, I. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to lean heavily on him. I think they're going to have those two running backs on the field. I think Robert Tunyon's going to be on the field a ton and be a target monster. And I think Alan Lazard is going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one target by, uh, well, number one receiving target, rather. But the, the linebackers, I mean, you could go Aaron Jones too, right? Like, I, I, this offense is going to be, I think it's going to be very unique. And I think that's going to be kind of interesting to watch. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's, that's my big question with them is does this offense look like, it's looked the past couple of years where LaFleur kind of reshaped his offense to fit what Aaron Rodgers likes. Like we saw a lot of shotgun. We saw a lot of RPOs, which we don't really see around the Shanahan McVay coaching tree. So I do wonder, are, are they going to be under center more and in, in having more two back sets on the field, having more tight ends on the field? I, I do wonder just because of the stuff that, they did that rogers liked a lot a lot of it was Devonte centric like it was like throw yes. a bubble out to Devante and he'll get eight yards out of it throw or he runs a quick slant and he turns it into a 15 yard gain now they don't have that guy they don't have that cheat code i wonder if they had to lean on the the schematic tricks of the shanahan type yeah. offense
0: which they, by the way, like already sometimes did lean into last yeah, year. So they did. Um, I was thinking of Lazard just because like I was trying to think of like games where Devontae Adams didn't play. And there was one not last year, but the previous year against New Orleans where Alan Lazard absolutely went off. I don't know if you remember this one, but um I feel like there's just a level of trust with Rodgers there that um could be pretty significant. But I think the backs make a ton of sense. Okay, I feel very good about my uh Vikings pick. I went with Daniel Hunter.
1: All right. That pick makes sense. I went with Irv Smith. I
0: Ooh. went offense. Okay. So I'll go first. Secondary question marks, despite the fact that Deontay Lee had them as one of the top defenses in the NFL, um, which totally could happen. I think it's going to be predicated on the pass rush and Daniel Hunter returning to form, um, you know, gets to play. I got to talk to Deontay about
1: that pick. I don't know about it that was pick wild. Deontay. It was,
0: it was pretty wild, pretty wild. Um, Zedaria, they got brought, you know, they got Zedaria Smith in there, but, and then I think there's some, some decent depth up front, but I think you just absolutely yeah. need, this is a pass rush that was just, you know, non-existent last year. You need, uh, you need Daniel Hunter, especially now that they've got Ed Dantel as defensive coordinator. You need him to be that dude.
1: Yeah. And my, my thinking with Irv Smith is I'm assuming they're going to play a lot of 11, 11 personnel now that Kevin O'Connell is yep. coming over there from the Rams. And you obviously need a tight end to make that work. And I think the tight end plays a big role in the Rams offense. And I know that they've kind of used receivers like Cooper Cup as auxiliary tight ends in the past. But if Earth Smith can be that guy that catches those those passes in the flat and then turns upfield and turns them into big gains, like we see the Rams run those like three-level flood routes all the time. Yeah, If he has a big year doing that, I think Jefferson's going to be good no matter what. Dealing is going to be good no matter what. If you have three legit receiving threats, and then I like some of their other receivers, but if you have all those receiving threats, it could be a big year for Kirk. It could be a big year for Kirk, and a big year for Kirk, I think, carries this defense, even if it is just league average.
0: Do we both go Hutchinson for the Lions with the same kind of logic we've been applying to some of the bad teams?
1: I went with Jameson Williams.
0: Ah! Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I went the other way. Yeah. Look...
1: I feel a little weird about the Lions hype this offseason. Like, I get it. I get what it's based on. but I think
0: hype is being mischaracterized. Like, for me, Lions hype is saying they're going to look better. (laughs) It's not saying that this team is going to win nine games. Like, I I feel like sometimes it's kind of being misconstrued a little bit. The Lions hype, for me, is saying, like, hey, these pieces look nice. This is not going to be a good football team. Like, you know, they're not going to go to the playoffs, but they're set up well for the next quarterback.
1: But you yeah, disagree with that? That's my worry though. It's golf. No, I don't. I don't. I like watching the defense. I think the defense does smart things even though if the pl- even though the players aren't that good, which I think Hutchinson will improve. Yeah. But it's just too much Jared Goff. Goff's just too involved with this uh, this team for me to get excited about them. But if Jamison Williams do- has a good year, you feel good. That means Jared Goff had a good year and Jared Goff is is just fine, like he's Rams fine. I don't think that's going to happen, but if he is, then this is this has the potential to be a team that wins more than six or seven games. It might be an eight-win team. I just don't think it's gonna happen.
0: So the defense is interesting to me because like they finished near the bottom in every pass rush metric. But then like I like the Aquaras. Like I think Charles Harris was decent. So my feeling right. is that like you add Ada Hutchinson and ideally he's like a force multiplier on that line, and suddenly you make a pretty big jump. Uh, in terms of the past rush. And, you know, like like the, like we've been discussing with all the topics, you just need him to be good. Otherwise, you feel terrible. Um, okay. Speaking of feeling terrible, the Cleveland Browns, we're in the AFC North. Um, this is obviously very hard to to categorize because we don't know what the hell is going on with this team. We don't know how long Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, today news broke that he settled like 20 of the 24 civil suits. I think there's still, there was reported that there was more coming. But, um, right. We don't even know how long he's playing. I just went with Amari because holy smokes, this wide receiver group, they really need Amari Cooper to be good. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Like, yes, I they I, do. I, woo, I just like hadn't looked at the, like, I like the David bell pick the receiver out of Purdue. I know Tice is really high on him. Um, and his description of him to me, uh, I'm not gonna pretend I was like grinding David bell tape makes sense as like a need for this offense. But, uh, yeah, like Amari has to be like, like basically his best self.
1: Yeah, he does. And I don't know what his best self looks like. He's such a frustrating receiver to watch. Like he, on one play, he looks great. And then the other play, he looks like he doesn't really care about football. So that's, oh, it's, that's a tough one. I went defense just because I wanted to stay away from the offense, just not knowing what it's going to look like. And I'm assuming that this is a team that's, going to have to lean on the defense at times, at least early in the season. Uh, and I went with, uh, Jeremiah, Owosu woe Another linebacker. I, I just think, <laughs> yeah, another linebacker, I'm picking a lot of linebackers. I've, I've really been on like a defensive thing this off season. So I think that's like where my brain is at, but look at the, look at the depth chart, you have talent on the defensive line with miles Garrett, yes. David Clowney came back, you have a lot of talent in the secondary. I think Denzel Ward, when healthy, is one of the better corners in the league. This this team is really good in cover one. And I think that's the one coverage you want to be good at is cover one. So they yeah. have the secondary to do that. My question is, how do you play cover one if you're worried about your linebackers matching up with tight ends and running backs? If JOK is that guy, if he stays healthier this year and I... Like I watched him recently on tape and I I don't like him as a run defender. He tries to slip around blocks rather than taking on blocks. But as a pass defender, he seems to know what he's doing. And he seems to be one of those players that is a force multiplier because he gets other players on the the same page. Like he's always communicating and pointing things out. Kind of like Fred Warner. He's not that type of player yet, but in that same mold. Yeah. If he takes that next step as a captain and he really takes control of this defense from the second level and gives them a second level playmaker this is going to be a really good defense and the fans can just figure out things on offense, then it's going to be a good team.
0: I think sometimes with linebackers, like I tend to uh, ignore run defense and like fall for the flashier guys like uh, who are really good in coverage or like good at blowing up screens. And I think that's probably the reason why I love joke so much, or I loved him so much his rookie year. Um, But like, yeah, he kind of has to put it all together, like you said. And I think also this group is not, you know, terribly deep or strong around him. So there is a lot of dependence on him. Right. I would throw John Johnson into that mix too. He really needs to like, you know, they it was a kind of an up and down, right, for him. And I think again, given the nature of this defense, they need him to be good. Um do we both have a Dafe OA for the Ravens? Or do you guys uh, no, I
1: went uh, that was one of my picks. Uh I went with Marcus Peters.
0: Oh, that's good too. That's good too. Yeah. Um this is like we could have like a Long conversation about who matters in this new defense under Mike McDonald, but um, mm. we are staring down the barrel of two hours. So we will not have that conversation. Um, pass rush outside of OA is just, whew. I mean, they got Tyus Bauer, Bowser, who's decent, but like obviously this defense is not going to blitz as much without Martindale. They need OA, who I thought, you know, at times I thought really flashed, um, but granted was put in some advantageous situations they need him to, you know, be, I guess, take another step forward because that group is so thin to me.
1: No, that's a good pick. I, that would have been my second pick. I just went with Peters. My question is, can they play man on third down this year? They couldn't do it last year. They couldn't play man in any situation. They were one of the worst teams in man coverage last year. And I think getting Peters back will help that. And I, I really thought Peters was the biggest blow they had last year. Obviously Lamar getting sick and missing a lot of time later in the year was a big deal but like those early season injuries when we were all like oh my god the ravens are in trouble like i think peters was the biggest one
0: yeah right I, i think that's fair especially also like the ball production in this defense i can i ask you a quick question i know i said we wouldn't talk about it but like can you talk can you speak on why with mike mcdonald their new defensive coordinator um it's important to have these corners who can play man on third down
1: uh, honestly for me it's not a mcdonald question i I think you just McDonald, generally what you're his, saying? i think just generally in the nfl if you look at it like you it most teams play cover one on third down and yeah. that's the coverage you have to be able to beat like quarterbacks have to be able to throw into tight windows wide receivers have to get separation against it that's like the name of the game in the nfl today is how you beat man coverage and i think the browns with their secondary are are equipped to do that and i think the ravens in order to kind of like keep up in the division. I think they need to be that good on defense, too. And they kind of slipped a, last year.
0: That was such a problem for the Chargers. Like, as much as we bemoaned the run defense, just the absolute inability to play man on third down. I mean, so you go out and get J.C. Jackson. And I think Marcus Peters kind of falls into that similar mold, right? I mean, yes. he's a little bit more boomer bust, I would say. But makes a ton of sense. Um, I cheated on the Steelers, and I just said both tackles.
1: No, no Moore, that's, that's a good... I cheated too. I went with George Pickens and Calvin Austin. I just want one of those r- rookie receivers to step up.
0: Dan Moore Jr. allowed seven sacks, 68th in pass block win rate. Chukwuma Okor- for 55th in pass block win rate. Um, I think this is kind of a funny, like what matters more for the rookie quarterback, your line or your skill players kind of thing, right? Um, the classic meme, the Bengals meme. But um, I feel like just with Kenny Pickett, assuming or both quarterbacks, Whoever plays, they're not going to get the ball out as quick as Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. <laughs> so, um, offensive line is just a major issue.
1: I wanted to pick the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger because I feel like he had like such an influence on this offense. Like we have no idea what to expect out of it. Like I'm, I'm Surely. expecting the Matt Canada offense to be like under center, jet motion, play action, a lot of pre snap shifts, and it was none of that under Ben. Like with Ben pulling the strings. So, yeah, my pick really is the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger and how this offense changes now that they don't have this very demanding quarterback behind center.
0: Who'd you go with for the Bengals?
1: I went with Hayden Hurst.
0: Ooh. He's the –
1: yeah, outside of the offensive line, I think he's the one big change for that offense. Like, Zama's out, Hayden Hurst comes in, and I I thought the Bengals' answer last year when teams played too high – Yes. Isolating Boyd and Uzama against linebackers and I Boyd's going to be there again, so obviously he's still an option, but how well Hayden Hurst takes to that role, I think decides how good this offense is go- going to be.
0: Uzama was the answer on a lot of those looks and yeah. Like that's going to be missed. Uh unless like you said, Nate and I kind of talked about this with the Bengals offense and I was talking about this. why I liked them um was their they have personnel, the, the personnel, and I would also throw Joe Mixon into this, by the way, to respond to different looks, especially if defenses play them you know, more deep to account for Jamar Chase and what he does after the catch as well. So I, I think that's a really good pick. I just watched the Super Bowl, so I went with Lyle Collins just after watching what happened to the right side of that offensive line. It's a right. recency bias. I don't care. Sh- sorry, Isaiah Prince and <laughs> Hakeem and Denji. Um, But that just, you know, I think... I, I, yeah. God. Okay. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. I have a super history pick for the, for the, my first team in the NFC West. We got two more divisions, the San Francisco 49ers. Can you guess what it is?
1: Ooh. Who did I pick? I can't even find it on my list. Okay. Uh, Oh, I went with I went with the cornerback. So, okay.
0: I went with Jake Brendel, the center. So, okay. I knew it was going to be an
1: interior offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, which has been, of course, like the issue for them. Now you had Alex Mack, who was good. He retired. Jake Brendel is 29. He was underactive free agent. He has started three games. Uh, now, Trey Lance played a lot with him or practiced a lot with him last year on the second team as he said this. And he said, Jake handles calling the protections and it helps me a lot. I just think like if if this whole year is like, can we get Trey Lance to, you know, take another step? that could potentially be either a a good thing, you know, Uh, apparently he's like very athletic and I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about Jake Brindle or it could be a huge issue for them.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think the offensive line makes a lot of sense and like right guard, like Brun's skill is, the right guard position has been a problem for like three years. Even when they made the Super Bowl, it it was a problem. So I think center makes the most sense because I feel like Alex Mack, Is one of those players like even if it doesn't show up on film probably helps out that offense a lot just by being there and having that experience in shanahan's offense and now you're you're replacing him with this this guy who was on the practice squad basically and and giving snaps to the second team i i do think that's a big deal and i think the 49ers offensive line the interior is a problem that maybe we're not talking about enough and could derail Trey Lance more so than his own deficiencies. Cause I know there is a worry about whether he's ready or not, but we may not even get a chance to see it. If this offensive line is just (laughs) imploding every week.
0: Sounds like you're, you now agree with my pick over yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. You convinced me I was going, I went, I went with uh, Jason Verrett and Travers Ward. Yeah. I think both I think if Jason Verrett Jason Verrett was gonna be my pick, but I don't expect him to play a lot. And I don't know if the 49ers are planning on him playing a lot. But if Jason Verrett has a full season and he plays a lot like he did two years ago and he plays at that level, holy crap, this defense is going to be very good because that's something yes. they didn't have last year. They didn't have a cover corner and they couldn't play man a lot. And you right. saw that like again in the Rams game on third down, they had to play zone and they would the Rams would just figure out a way to overload one player in the zone. Like they they'd run Cooper Cup against a linebacker and get him open. They need cornerbacks. And I think Jason Verrett has the best chance of being a lockdown guy if he stays healthy, which is a big yeah. if,
0: obviously. And I yeah, I would say, like like you said, with Ward too. This is why you bring you in, because he can play man, right? And you don't have cornerbacks who right. can play. Man. Yeah, you also don't have cornerbacks who can go game without being like horribly penalized. So like this was obviously the weak link of this defense. They did address it. We'll see what. read always the health is an issue, but yeah, it makes sense. I, I I'm kind of just like I think the defense is gonna be fine though. You know, like I'm not like really worried about them. I so for me, it's just all about Trey Lance. Um, okay. Seattle. I think we might have the same pick for this one. Jamal Adams. Really? I'm,
1: yeah, Jamal Adams. We do. I'm okay, Surprised we, you yeah. Jamal Adams.
0: Why are you surprised?
1: I thought you would do, go offense just cuz I feel think, like that, that's part of the question. Do
0: you are. think I have expectations for this team? Are you confused?
1: <laughs> You're not excited about the Gino led offense? Throws over the middle are back on the menu. Uh,
0: I am excited to see if the new defensive coaching staff, which I like a lot, Clint Hurt, Carl Scott, and Sean Desai can figure out how to use Jamal Adams. Because if they can, I feel a lot better right. about this team next year. This team is not going to be good this year. I am just, you know, pay DK Metcalf and just like let's hit pause. I I would like to see Charles Cross play well, by the way, the left tackle they draft this year. But that doesn't matter yes. to me. If doesn't, you can't solve the Jamal Adams problem, it's you know you're screwed, frankly, because you paid the dude.
1: Doesn't this defense just sound fun as hell on paper? Like everything you're hearing. I'm excited. Out of OTAs yes. It, yes, it sounds so fun.
0: Yes, totally. I so feel the, like it's it all the stuff to work it needs safeties to work. We know there, So they started actually playing more um, split safety at the end of last season right. as it went on. Uh, and that's obviously like factored into the coaching hires. I think they, they went after donatello too, right? So they're clearly trying to do a more Fangio style defense to me. Like, it's just a fascinating question. How does Jamal Adams fit into that? Because you know, those defenses are predicated on the safeties being somewhat, I feel like he's already predicated too much. Those defenses are based on the safeties being somewhat interchangeable and mixing up their looks and confusing offenses. And I think it's up for debate whether or not Jamal Adams can play deep. Um, and, yeah. all you know, I'm also interested in seeing, like I thought sometimes the Seahawks looked good when they had Ryan Neal, like a third safety on the field. I think that's your best hope for Adams is if you have a third safety on the field and then he can just be a agent of chaos.
1: Yeah, I think that makes the most sense, and they also have brought in Carl Scott, who's from the Saban tree. So yes. you have like the Saban influence, you have the Fangio influence. Who I, th- I think those are the two most influential defensive trees right now. So I really want to see what they bring in from Saban because that would be that would be really interesting if they if they, they start like running Cover Seven on third down. <laughs> I, this defense has a chance. That's a chance. I know the defensive line isn't isn't uh, too much to get excited about, but yeah, Jamal Adams makes the most sense for. Like there, if there he teams, has a big I, yeah. year, yes, and he's a good player. Like I feel like a, the slander's out. The slander's gone so far. Slander's gone it's too a far. It's the Christian Kirk thing.
0: I know it's all about like money and the trade was bad. Whatever, he's a good player. Quandra digs is a very good free safety, by the way, very good, which helps a lot too with the scheme. Um, cornerback, huge question mark. Okay, speaking of question marks, Cardinals, Hollywood,
1: what what is what what's the direction this team is headed in like, well they think the they're a goal? playoff
0: team their goal is to make the playoffs
1: my pick is aj green which speaks to the, the lack God. of direction like like a oh, 35 no. year old oh, lost Lord. receiver that's my pick because <sighs> when they were going good last year aj green was like low-key a big part of it because he, yeah he gave him that option when they try to push coverage to to Hopkins. Like he would beat teams deep. And he was really good against press coverage. He was doing a lot downfield and then Hopkins gets hurt. And Cliff doesn't really try to change anything. He just puts in uh I'm forgetting his first name. Is it Antoine Wesley?
0: Antoine Wesley in yeah. Hopkins yeah, yeah. spot. Who I kind of like. Everything else, Not, the same. I like. I kind of like Antoine Wesley as like a fourth receiver on a good team. <laughs> like, I think he has like an interesting skill set. But yeah, uh, I mean, the right answer is Cliff Kingsbury. We're doing players, but yes. like that is the right answer, right? Like, um, I've talked a lot about this. We don't have to get into it, but I, it really is like what is what happens in those first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins to me will determine right. how you feel about the entire f- direction of the franchise. Quite frankly, um, the Rams is harder. So I'm actually, let me hear your pick. I'm very curious to hear your pick on the Rams.
1: The Rams, I went with Allen Robinson. I didn't think it one. was that much harder.
0: Um, I went with a different answer. I went on defense, but let me hear your, your take for Allen Robinson.
1: Okay, I thought like such a big thing with their Super Bowl run was having Odell Beckham run those backside routes and giving Matthew Stafford that second option if teams were able to take away Cooper Cup on the front side of the concept. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming Alan Robinson's going to be that guy. We don't, we can't say for sure, but I'm assuming he's going to be ri- running the backside digs. He's going to be running the isolated routes. He's going to be that backside X receiver. And in order to protect Cup, who is a great player, and I think he's going to have a big year no matter what, but if he's going to put up the number, the type of numbers he put up last year, I think he needs some protection. And Allen Robinson has to be that guy. My worry is Allen Robinson. I know this the whole Bears offense looked bad last year, but Allen Robinson didn't look good on tape and like all the numbers suggest that maybe he's not as good as he used to be at the 50 50 ball stuff. So that's my that's my concern. But I, I do think it the offense whether it's Super Bowl level or just like pre like golf level where it was in like 2019. I think it rides on Allen Robinson.
0: So are we just out on Van Jefferson or do we just, do we just, or more of so do we just feel like he's just, he's a number three?
1: He's kind of, I think he's just a role player. He's a role player. I don't think he's like going to change. He's not a a needle mover.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a good choice. We talked about him a little bit on the Rams pod. I, you know, I know how, how his struggles last year. Um, but your point about, OBJ and those backside digs and having a quarterback who can get there and having that be such a threat for defenses and you know what it does to them. And the opportunities opens up for cup is very, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. I went with David long jr. Um, okay. I think the loss of Darius Williams, the second cornerback in this offense is pretty significant. And, um, as the, as a Rams preseason analyst, I've watched a fair amount of David long jr. Um, you know, he was, I think second round pick actually. Wow. Now I'm like a preseason analyst. I don't even know where he was drafted. It was even second third, or third. third. It was reasonably high. Yeah. So he was, he was drafted to start and he's been up and down for them. And I think at, after the beginning of last season, he had some struggles and you saw him kind of his snaps decline. They need him to play well. He's going to get targeted a lot in this defense. And like, I think if he's the weak link, he's going to get picked on mercilessly.
1: Yeah. We saw that last year in the playoffs, like teams aren't going to throw to Ramsey. So they're going to throw to the other side. And I, I really like David long coming out. I think he went to Michigan, right?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I remember his tape was good. Like he was good at man coverage. He mm-hmm. might've been a little smaller. I, I forget why he dropped, but he was really sticky in man coverage. So I think he has a chance to be a decent player. It there, It is a bad sign that he was losing snaps and wasn't playing over the first couple of years of his career. But I really do like that pick. I think it makes a lot of sense. You're going to get picked on and it, yes, we know that cornerback play or performance is volatile year to year. And I think that's based on the fact that we really only measure what happens when you get targeted, but yeah, it, it, his ball skills I think are more important this year than his coverage skills. Like I think he needs to make plays when given the opportunity.
0: All right. We made it to the last division, the ASC Let's West. The best. Maybe. I definitely. Who you got for Denver? Chubb?
1: No, I'm going with uh Jerry Judy.
0: Ooh, really?
1: Yeah, it was a it was a it's a quarterback pick.
0: Yeah, I think Jerry but, like, Judy no, sorry, you explain yourself.
1: <laughs> no, it, it, I think it, it's the Russ throwing over the middle thing. Like that's where Jerry Judy d- does his yeah. damage. And I think if Jerry Judy has a big year, that means Russ is taking well to the offense. It's working. It's not this disjointed mess that it's been in Seattle at times. I hmm. think if Judy has a big year, that means Russ is having a good year. And if Russ is having a good year, this team has a chance—a a puncher's chance in this division. Okay. I don't know if it's gonna.
0: Let me. You know. let me... The Russ, speaking of slander, listen, I've been salty as hell (laughs) about Russ. But, like, the the Seattle offense with him was, like, a top-10 offense every single season he was healthy, Steven. Like, I I mean, I know we all know he doesn't use the middle of the field, but that doesn't mean it's not incredibly efficient. Um, Like, so I, I guess I keep saying this about the Denver offense. It's going to be the Russ offense, but the Russ offense is good. Like, yes. It's selfie. It's good. Um, now, what world Judy plays in that, I think, I just, I don't think he's going to be, like, the guy that, you know, you thought when you drafted him as, like, that you, he's not going to be incredibly useful over the middle of the field, but if they can get him, I don't know, into some of those Tyler Lockett looks with Russ, um, I think he can be efficient. I, I want Bradley Chubb. Look, they they need pass rush. They got Randy Gregory. They brought in Nick Benito, but they need Chubb, who's obviously just been, like, totally up and down with health. Rookie season, great. Misses a bunch of games. Twenty twenty, great. Last year, injured. Um, It's just the, I think the weak spot on this roster, this defensive roster. And if he does return to form, the defense can be a top ten unit, no doubt for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. What's your ceiling for this team?
0: Um, I think ceiling is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't think they will. They're not my pick in the yeah because. This defense like could be really good.
1: Yeah. And I, I then, do think losing Fangio is a big deal, though.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, Adjira Everett was his first-time defensive coordinator. Well, yeah, but there was a lot of health issues, too. That's why I think the Chubb thing is yeah. so important. Um, okay. I like my pick for the Raiders, so I'll go first. I went with Rakia Sin. So Ooh. I think the Raiders' offense is going to be fine the defense to me is going to be the determinant of whether or not this team can hang. And I think the pass rush, you know, they brought in Chandler Jones opposite Max Crosby will be fine, but this defense is going to look different. So you're moving from Gus Bradley to Patrick Graham. I feel like we've, we've been said you need quarterbacks. You can play man coverage like a thousand times on this podcast. But when I look at the secondary, it is very, very bad. (laughs) And I think Rocky sin I think is the, potentially the most talented defensive back. Well, not then cornerback. Pardon me. I think Merrick is probably the most talented uh, guy they've got in the secondary, and I think he can play man. Um, so I, I think, like to me, that sets the floor of where this defense is.
1: Yeah, I, I went defense too. I went with uh, Chandler Jones. Yes. And I went like the opposite where I just think the pass rush has to be so good that the secondary yeah. doesn't matter, which I think it has the capability to be Chandler right. Jones, Chandler Jones is Chandler Jones and he's getting like 13 sacks and Max Crosby continues doing what he does. Like that's, that changes everything for the back end of the defense that, that, that has the potential to make a it's bad like secondary year. look decent.
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of not too dissimilar from last season, although the scheme is going to be different. Right. Um, you you yeah you you absolutely need the pass rush to be very very good, especially in this division. Um, speaking of pass rush, I went with Cleo Mac for the Chargers. Who did you go with?
1: Uh, I went with uh, Sebastian Joseph Day.
0: Ooh. Um. So I went with Mac because I think he's as important to the run defense as Sebastian Joseph Day.
1: That that is a good point. i just went with him because that was like the dream matchup between like defensive tackle and and player like everyone wanted to see him go to the chargers to fix that run defense and if it doesn't work then and the run defense is still bad then i don't think the defense is going to jump as much as it needs to be to be a contender
0: the depth there is awful so on on the interior so he needs to be good (laughs) um I, I tried to get Sue to. So Sue's not retiring, and he was like, "I'm not going back to the Bucks." And I was like, "How about the Chargers?" And he got a little twinkle in his eye. I mean, it, it's not like a perfect fit, but like, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I just think, yeah, with Mac, for me, it's just the combination. Like they've not had a guy really be a stud opposite Bosa, you know, who gets double teamed constantly. And so to bring him in, having the ability to rush the passer, but also his, you know, he's a very, very good run defender. I think it just could be a real game changer on this defensive line. Uh, Who'd you pick for the Chiefs?
1: I went with, this was a tough one for me. I ended up going with George Karloftis. I wanted to pick Creed Humphrey, but I'm going with Karloftis (laughs) just because I think. Creed Humphrey for the same
0: reason that you took Roger Saffold, right? With the tight or front with the Bills. Exactly right. And almost like your 49ers
1: pick. pick. Like the the I he needs to be the Alex Smith of that offense. Or Alex Mack Alex of that Mack, offense. Yeah. Where yeah, the the anchor of the offensive line. But I'm going with Karloftis just because losing Melvin Ingram is a I thought it that trade like really changed that defense last year. And I don't think they got enough credit for making that trade in the in the improvements they made because of it. And I think Karloftis is kind of the spiritual successor, just like that second edge rusher across from Frank Clark. And I really think he needs to have a good year. I think there will be growing pains for the offense. I like, I have high hopes for the offense and I think when they hit their stride, it's going to be amazing. But early on in the season, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some inconsistency there. Mm -hmm. And I think the defense needs to be a lot better than it's been. I think it needs to return to 2019. It's 2019 version when it was like a top half of the league defense by DVOA. And if that happens, I, I, I think this is the Super Bowl winner.
0: Yeah, I went with uh, Justin Reed, safety. Um, you know, just sticking with the defense. Uh, I think they really need these safeties. segments, really needs these safeties to protect these cornerbacks. I think Reed has like upside that, it, like, he's had an interesting career, right? Like, he was really, yeah. really good at first. And then I choose to believe that playing for the Texans just sapped. His desire to play football. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm saying like the Chiefs are betting on him returning to form. I really like Juan Thornhill as well. I think like, I, was just, I was just, I've been watching the playoffs lately. And I think for the Chiefs to have, this is not Tyron Matthew slander or even Daniel Sorensen slander, but for the Chiefs to have two safeties who can sow, sow ooh, confusion, who are both very athletic, who both have good ball skills could really take this defense to a next level, but he has to be that dude.
1: I will slander uh, Tyron. I think he <laughs> was bad last year. I think he was dude, a big reason why they lost those games to the Bengals. It was him.
0: The, he actually wasn't. So the, the Pirine screen, you know, that turned the game, yeah. basically. It wasn't Matthew, but like five dudes missed tackles. It's, it's, yeah. it's insane. I, in my mind, it was a wheel route, and then I rewatched it. I was like, Holy this is so bad. <laughs> Ward, Tavares, Ward at oh, all. um, so I just think, yeah, having a couple of safeties who are like obviously the insistence on using Sorensen in the beginning of the year was a huge problem for this team. And I think just going younger and more athletic could help them a lot. That's it. Yeah. We did the whole we, we did, did the it. whole NFL.
1: <laughs> what do we wow. get? What's our prize?
0: <laughs> uh, your prize is Dinks and Dunks. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any Eight Corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8s ave Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: And now it's time for dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right?
0: As always, five questions for our guests. Four from me, one from Lenny. I'll go first. News just broke via Jordan Schultz. Rob Gronkowski is retiring from the NFL. Does this dramatically lower your expectations for the Bucks this year?
1: No, not at all. There's too much receiving talent for that not to work, even without Gronk. And I thought Gronk was a, a good player, and I think he's been a key piece for that offense. But no, they, have you seen the receiver depth chart? It's amazing. It should be illegal.
0: Russell, Russell Gage. Number three. Just
1: toss him into it. Just toss him into the star-studded cast already.
0: Um, It does. Yeah. I, I think like obviously the tight end depth behind Cam brait is a question mark, a bit of a question mark, but. um,
1: He really just became like, I made this joke before, but he, he really just became like Clifford, the big red dog where <laughs> he was just big. And that was his function in the offense. Like, Oh look, let's just run the big guy over the middle of the field and he'll just box everyone out. Like I yeah. he wasn't like Gronk. If you think that's what Gronk looked like at his peak, then like, you don't oh appreciate God. what Gronk was
0: truly. Um, okay. Question number two. So Tyreek Hill made a bunch of like wild comments on his podcast about the cheese and how he wasn't used well there and Tua the, and all of this, giving us uh, at ESPN a week's worth of content. Shout out. Thank you. His podcast is called it had to be said, which is one of the most ironic names ever for a podcast, a player podcast. Um, who was an active NFL player that you want to have a podcast Ooh. they probably already do and you just don't know <laughs>
1: Robbie Anderson Robbie Anderson without a doubt Robbie oh Anderson. my
0: God what is this is the, such a good answer what was his latest comment what did he say he was he was defending about Sam baker Mayfield? oh yes the Baker what did he say exactly
1: well they asked if he was going to retire because he talked about he might retire and they said is it because the the Baker rumors and he' is, and he is like, I I've never even met him. <laughs> that was he, he doesn't like him, but he's never met him. It's a, it's, it's really like a, a a tweeter, a poster's energy. Like you just you slander people you've never. But met
0: he's them. not really on social, so it's all he just oh, says. He, stuff. Oh no,
1: he is. He oh okay, He is
0: he is. Yeah, on Yeah, you social. should follow him. Is he a good tweeter?
1: Not really. He's not. It's like he it's like ninety percent rap lyrics that <laughs> like don't make sense in context. Just like random rap lyrics and then every once in a while he'll he'll give you a banger that keeps you around
0: there's a you know how people do those qb t- the tears with that tear maker i want to do like the athletes who post the best i think marlon humphrey is god tier nfl player
1: yeah he's a little too online though <laughs> he's very
0: online <laughs> um i i the posts keep me coming back though i gotta say um okay question number three Who do you think has a better year, Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) Such a
2: good question. Uh,
1: Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to go Derek. No, I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I have a I have a take. I have a take that's like might be a fire take, and I kind of want. I'm like rolling it it. right now. Just drop it. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. I just watched both of them on tape for like five games each. Aaron Rodgers, I, I I feel like we forgot how good he was just because of all like the hoopla going on yeah. off the field, yeah. and that he won MVP last year. I even think he like quietly won MVP last year. But when you're doing your well, quarterback it was because he I went down because he top. went out
0: so bad, I think that was kind of part of the retconning. He, it was and yeah. he was
1: really bad in that game. That game, really yeah. Bad. So I think
0: that's just like the freshest thing in people's memories. Whereas like the freshest things in our memories of Josh Allen, our Josh Allen Super Soldier, Aaron Rodgers, it's like that horrible game and it is amazing how much offseason narratives are dictated by the last game that really yeah, it
1: really is because like josh <laughs> oh, allen yeah. like two months earlier lost to the jaguars, lost to the
0: jaguars. <laughs> yeah i know Did that falcons game do you run the falcons game Ugh. yeah um still very good guys obviously okay question four content recommendation non-football anything you're watching uh, reading consuming listening to
1: <laughs> anything i'm going old school with this one <laughs> You guys may have never heard of this game, but I started playing. I chess. I started playing chess. I became a chess guy. Really? Like in the last like online? Days. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I've been playing online. I've been playing people on the phone. Uh, I'm decent at it. But chess. What? I, what, pro- I, I, what
0: prompted this?
1: Boredom. Boredom.
0: That can't. Like, I watched boredom. a lot of Zach
1: Wilson film, and like I had, I, I was like, I'm gonna do something that really like works my mind. I, I landed on chess because I think it's like it has like some football elements too to it. It's about space, numbers, space. you know. i am go yeah. with chess.
0: Okay. Wow, that is high level for this. Um dang. Yeah, I'm a little bit taken aback by that. Um you weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready for chess being the answer. Wow. Um okay. Chess is well, back. I- all of my answers are now embarrassing. I'm like, I watched finished season seven of love Island. I watched the flight attendant on HBO max. Um, uh, not great, not great answers on my part. I'm watching the boys. I talked about that already with Deontay.
1: Oh, I haven't, I, I need to start that. It sounds um, amazing, but I
0: haven't, I haven't watched it's it. It's very, it's very bloody. It's very bloody. Um, I just started this book migrations. So I'll, I'll report back. Cause I just started it. It's a novel. It's like literary fiction. So. Actually.
1: I have one. I have a real one. How to, oh, I think his name's Jonathan With Wilson. John Something Wilson. on HBO. Yeah. Yeah, John Wilson. Best, best How to, right, watch yeah. that show. It's
0: an incredible show. If you show, like yeah.
1: Nathan for you, it's like a extreme like version one. of that. I feel
0: like more tender.
1: Yes. Like kinder.
0: More um, and okay. more depressing. Well, speaking of depressing, last question, as always, comes from Lenny. Um, he bought you a gift. It's a t-shirt that says Coralina. He just wants to know where to send it to. Coralina. Do you get it?
1: Can I? Yeah, I get it. Can I it's block it? Sh- it's him? a
0: t-shirt. It's an actual t-shirt. You no, know, he's unblockable. Come on. You can't hide.
3: <laughs> Two guys drove to work.